Unlocking the secret to better parenting. This is Growing Pains on the Light Breakfast. Time for Growing Pains with our resident light child psychologist, Katiana Osman. And today it's all about bedwetting. Now, putting aside any medical reasons, so many children go through a stage of nighttime incontinence or nocturnal enuresis, which of course is involuntary urination while asleep after the age at which staying dry at night can be reasonably expected. Soggy sheets and pajamas and an embarrassed child are a familiar scene at many homes. And as parents can often make the problem even worse. So today we're going to take a look at the psychological aspects of this particular problem. Putting medical reasons aside, Katjana, what could cause a child to start wetting the bed? A lot of it's related to sort of emotional issues. So if the child is, for example, highly anxious, in some cases, kids who have been on the receiving end of some traumatic experiences, so bullying, or there's been a death in the family, anything that they're finding very difficult to process, bedwetting can sometimes take place. I've seen some kids who you wouldn't expect have that issue. Uh, it becomes a very unconscious thing. Again, very much something that happens when they're asleep. But there's usually an underlying concern, at least from a mood and emotional and anxiety perspective that usually is linked to that. What about if the child is, say, a little bit older, more like in their tweens or teens? So I do have quite a few clients who are well above the age range that you would expect. I think bedwetting is something that we tend to kind of look over when they're sort of still quite little. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we're looking at teenagers, it's it's something that's quite disturbing. So again, if it's not something that's medical, chances are the child is struggling with something anxiety related, or there is some type of stressor happening in their daily life that they're not quite able to really cope with or deal with when they're awake and so it kind of manifests sometimes as nightmares or some type of um, night terror and so yes bedwetting can result as a result of that so i was just curious to understand what the connection is between having that anxiety Mm. and not waking and then therefore because mm. I'm trying to understand, you know, what sure, the loss sure. of bladder control has to do with the anxiety. You know, it happens as a byproduct of something completely unconscious, like a nightmare or a night terror, mm-hmm. right? And so it's a physiological response to a extreme stressor via the dream that they're having. But yeah, it seems to be linked to sort of things happening in their day-to-day life when they're at school or when they're at home. And the brain, like I've mentioned before, does these auto-updates at night. And it's something that replays in their unconscious. And then that kind of happens, yeah. And so during waking hours you Mm. might not necessarily be aware that there was anything going on Mm -hmm. with a kid most of the time it's not something that they're aware of the kids that i've spoken to might not even be able to put their finger on what it is that stresses them out it's just a general feeling of anxiety or distress and i think it's a lot harder with teenagers because it's so embarrassing for them Mm. you know for little kids i find that they don't really get as distressed by it but teenagers finding themselves waking up to having wet themselves is something that's extremely shameful Mm. Um, and so if no one found out they tend to keep it a secret and that perpetuates it even more because they get even more stressed the next night and the next night and the next night worrying that it's going to happen and then it ends up happening even more. What kind of impact does having this issue have on the child? Definitely it's not something that they feel it's, it's not something that's positive by any means. Most of the kids that I speak to see it as something that's, again, extremely embarrassing. They often feel like there's something wrong with them, especially if you're you know above the age of 14 or 15, where you feel like this is not something that we should be doing or I should be doing. So it does affect their self-esteem. Um, it does affect their social relationships. I've had kids who don't want to go to sleepovers, who don't want to do things that are age appropriate because they're terrified that it's going to happen. So I think it really impacts their view of themselves, even even though it's 
not something at all that they have control over necessarily, but they do, it does impact their sense of their concept of themselves and their self-confidence and things like that. And it can be quite um, distressing for a lot of these kids. Are any one group more susceptible to bedwetting? Not from my experience, um, although I would have to say that I guess whether this is just coincidental, but I do feel it's something that for the younger children, something I hear boys more than girls. Mm. For teenagers, I would say it's an equal split. But I think that whether that's due to some biological disposition or whether it's just coincidence, I'm not 100% certain of. I did sort of read somewhere, and I don't know if this is true or not, that children who you know who have ADHD or perhaps are on psych medicine, as it were, mm. I wouldn't know what the correct term for that also perhaps um are more vulnerable to having bedwetting is that because of the what they're going through or is that Mm. as a side effect well with the cases of kids that i've seen who have underlying conditions like adhd it's more something that i see happening in their wakefulness right so the first story that comes to mind or first example is a client of mine i had who had adhd who wasn't asleep but he was chilling in bed or on the sofa you know playing a game and he wet himself so it wasn't something that happened when he was unconscious he was fully awake. And the reason behind that was because as part of ADHD, they tend to get very easily distracted. They tend to get hyper-focused on things sometimes. Um, and he really wasn't able to register his bodily cues that he needed to go to the bathroom. And so that is something that does tend to impact it. Uh, I remember mom and dad just being very confused. Like, you know, when you need to go to the bathroom, it's a very, very um, insistent cue that we all have as humans. How could someone ignore that to, the, to that extent? The child was, of course, extremely embarrassed that it had happened, but it was genuinely that he was so engrossed in what he was doing that he didn't his his brain just you know so I think that when you do have underlying challenges like that it kind of can cause the brain to get very confused with regards to which pressing cues I should be listening to first so yes I would see how kids with ADHD for example might be more susceptible to that in that way in my experience kids who are a little bit more self-conscious about people's attentions right so I've had also cases where kids wet themselves because they didn't want to ask the teacher for permission to go to the bathroom at school so when they are a little bit more highly anxious and they don't want attention drawn onto themselves they don't want to upset anyone and so the chances of that happening are a lot higher so yeah so that's when they're weak Katana, how do you ensure that negative impact doesn't have a lasting impact mm. into adulthood so, you know, it's really important for me when I work with these kids to have them understand that it's really not something that's one, embarrassing and two, something that's wrong, right? So it's not something that we want to punish them for, which unfortunately I think happens quite a lot when it takes place where adults do tend to get very angry at the child for, for this having taken place. Nine times out of 10, it's not something they do intentionally. I say nine times because there are some cases where kids do it intentionally, mm-hmm. but most of them don't. And so I think when we go down that route where we want to punish them and make them feel bad it isn't really very productive so I think what's important is to have them understand that you know it happens I mean obviously doesn't feel very good so we want to find out how we can make sure it doesn't happen again so we try to get them to understand what are the challenges that take place so say if it's a child who has ADHD and might struggle to understand these cues then what are some of the strategies that we can put in place for the child like maybe putting alarms every hour or every other hour Mm. so that they are aware of the passage of time which is something that they do struggle with Mm -hmm. so that can be like a little prompt that like oh it's been two hours since I went to the loo maybe I should just 
go, right? So things like that. But if it's a child who, say, for example, is doing it at night when they're asleep or a child who's doing it because he doesn't want to draw attention to himself or herself in class. So we get them to kind of understand what were the circumstances and see whether there are things that we can do to improve it. So again, empowering them rather than pointing out how embarrassing or how bad it is. If we give them the ability to understand it enough that they can control it and recognize that it was more an accident and something they didn't intend on, then that has the potential to be something more constructive. What then is the worst thing that parents do to sort of make the situation a very negative one? make fun of them. I've seen it happen where they make kind of nicknames for their children for this incident or, you know, they make comments or jokes surrounding, you remember that time when, you know, so-and-so wet his bed or wet her bed. And I know some parents do this because they want to make light of the situation and kind of make it seem like it's not something to be ashamed of, which I can understand, but I think you have to be very mindful of the limit, right? And so when I see parents bringing it up when they don't need to or getting angry at their child or not doing very much to help the child move on from that particular incident Mm -hmm. um, that I think has a damaging effect and whenever I confront parents about it they go well it's just a joke I was just you know that's often the fallback that parents go on is that oh it was a joke I didn't mean it in that way but these kids do rely on our reaction to actually know whether something is acceptable or not. 